Praise God forevermore. Well, we want to welcome everyone that's joining us by live stream this morning. Praise God. We've had a great time in the Lord already. My wife has already preached two good short mini sermons. Got a lot of amens. Uh, had Brother Jake say in closing after one of them. Praise God. You know, uh, but we're, we're having a good time in the Lord. We always do it here at Hill Country Cowboy Church. How many of us uh, love to hear the Word of God? Amen. How many of you love doing the Word of God? Few nods, few hands, you know, masa menos, you know, more or less. I like doing some of it, but some of it, when you really start preaching in front of my house, it really hurts. So it's a little tougher to do that. Uh, but listen, let me tell you something. Uh, being a hearer of the Word will avail you nothing. It's when you're a doer of the Word, doer of God's Word, that victory will come into your life. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to continue this morning with a series actually I started last week. Uh, that series was entitled, uh, Reaching for God's Best. How many of y'all want to live in God's best? Amen. How many of you want to live a mediocre Christian life? I mean, if you still aren't going to raise your hand no matter what I ask. There we go. Amen. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. Most of us, if not all of us, even those watching by live stream, most Christians want everything God has to offer. Amen. They want heaven to open up the doors of heaven and everything that God has to be poured out on them. <clears throat> well, if you want to live in God's best, let me share something with you. You're in the right place at the right time. The title of my message today is Living Life in God's Best. Last week we talked about that we should never settle for less uh, than God's best. Amen? Amen? See, many believers, and I, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but many believers <clears throat> excuse me, in the body of Christ, they end up, they really do settle. They settle for less uh, when God has really so much more for them. Amen? <clears throat> In many ways, we've trained ourselves to settle. We've trained ourselves to settle for less than God's best. For example, we get a headache, catch a cold, or have symptoms. What do we do? We pop a pill. What if there wasn't no pills to pop? Come on. So we settle. For, so what we're doing when we pop that pill, we're settling for not having pain when God is offering divine health. I mean, you know that everything that attacks the body can be supernaturally healed. Amen. And that every Christian has available to them, if they're born again, every Christian has available to them divine health. I have divine health available to me. I've been in the hospital four times with my heart. I don't plan on going back for the fifth time. Amen? Amen. I, 
I have divine health available to me, but until the doctors take me off of my medication, guess what I do? I'm obedient to the doctors because that's where my faith is. Amen. Now that's the truth of the matter. Anybody in here that has any kind of a sickness, you have divine health, supernatural, divine, uh, upright health available to you. But you can only receive it if you build your faith to the point to where you can receive it. Now again, that's the truth of the matter. Okay? And we got to all understand that God has a truth and then we have a part in it. Amen. So if we're not walking, if I'm not walking in divine health, how many of you know it's not God's fault? Amen. We're on the same page. Thank God for the medicine that, we, that does help us. I'm not against taking medicine. My point is, what is God's best? God's best for us is 1 Peter 2.24 that says, By His stripes we were healed. Healing and walking in divine health belong to us, uh, and that's what we should be reaching for, and we're not, not just reaching for relief. Amen? I'm just talking about myself. If, if you don't reach for the bottle of aspirin, that's okay. Amen? Hallelujah. See, sometimes we can get settled in the fact that we can uh, finally pay our bills. We get a little financial miracle. Amen? We start tithing and, and our finances get a little bit better. And we can get settled in our and the fact that we don't have no longer have to call our debtors and say, you know, I'm gonna have to put you off this week. Amen. I know nobody's probably ever done that, but me and Brenda. Uh, but there comes a time. There came a time in my life when I stopped doing that. When I became obedient to God's word, and then things started getting better. Then uh, we started paying our bills. We started paying them on time. We started then having a, a little money left over. Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. And then what happens is if we're not careful, we get settled in that thing. And then we don't press in. We don't reach for anything more of God. what God has for us. When God isn't satisfied with you and I just paying our bills, God wants us to live the abundant life. John 10.10, what did Jesus say? I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. See, God is always uh, offering to us a full supply. Everybody say full supply. So we can settle uh, for the place where we're at, the things we have, or we can thank God for getting us where we're at and then say, thank you, Father, that I move to the next level with you. Thank you, Father, that I do what it takes to go to that next level. It's not on you, Father. You've already given me everything. So I want to tell you, I'm going to do what you tell me to do when you tell me to do it. Can I get an amen to that? And see, I'm not just talking about believing for things. I'm talking about reaching to build our relationship with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Which will bring us those things. Amen? Keep reaching. Don't ever settle where you are. Amen. Your body may be getting better, but there's divine health to reach for. 
Your bills may be getting paid, but there's abundant supply to reach for. Your marriage may be getting better. Y'all are coming to, in a one accord with one another, but there's always a God-centered marriage available that we can have. Amen? And it's not until we put God in the center of our marriage that our marriage is ever going to flourish like God wants it to. Amen. Just trying to help you. So, by faith, we need to keep reaching for all that our Savior, Jesus Christ, has paid for. So we'll begin here in Ephesians chapter 1. And it is my prayer this morning that you're going to see some things with your heart. That the eyes of your understanding are going to be enlightened this morning. Amen. Amen, As Paul prayed for us. And and that you will see that God truly uh, wants to be a blessing to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Hill Country Cowboy Church. Oh, yeah, and at Ephesus too. How many of you know Paul wasn't just talking to Ephesus, the church at Ephesus? Because if you keep reading, it says, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Who is the faithful? Everybody raise their hand so I know you're paying attention. Amen. Who is the faithful in Christ Jesus? We're the faithful. It says in verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Did you know the greatest blessing that you and I could ever have bestowed on us is salvation? Amen. Amen. To get saved. That's the greatest gift we can ever have. Everything after that's a plus. I was telling the family this morning, that's the first thing that happens in everybody's life. After that, we have a part uh, in every, every other blessing come to us. Amen? We had a part in that. We had to believe in our heart and what? Confess with our mouth. Romans 10, 90, 10. Anyone who says they're saved and has not confessed Romans 10, 9 and 10 in some way or the other is not saved. Because that's the biblical way to get saved. Amen? Amen. It's not about going to church. I finally got that over to my mother and I know she's going to be watching this one of these days. She's always saying, I wish the family would start going back to church. I say, Mom, going to church don't make you a Christian. Amen? Does the Bible say... If you just go to church, you'll be saved? No. Does the Bible say if you just get baptized in water, you'll be saved? No. It says if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and confess Him with your mouth. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. So the greatest blessing you and I can have uh, ever gotten from our uh, God Almighty is that our sins have been forgiven. That if He doesn't do anything else for me, hallelujah, He's done enough. Amen. The greatest blessing we could ever have is to have our sins forgiven and that we're on our way to heaven. Can I get an amen to that? And then eventually, when we get there, we'll walk on streets of gold. And then after a while, walking down the streets of gold, we'll get to our mansion that Jesus has already prepared for us. Amen. 
Amen. Brothers and sisters, God has truly blessed your life. God's grace is on your life. God's favor is on your life. Everywhere you go, you have God's favor. Amen. See, you ought to talk about God's grace. Amen. You ought to talk about God's favor on your life. When people ask you how you are, and I know most of you in here do, you say, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Ronnie, Ronnie brought a new deal in. I haven't got a hold of it yet. He said, you're greatly blessed and highly favored. Amen? Praise God. But we ought to be talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. You ought to act like you're blessed. You ought to act like you're God's favorite. Now I know you're not because I know I am. No, I know you're not because the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. And to be honest with you, every Christian child of God is God's favorite. Amen. His arms are spread like this. Amen. Hallelujah. You are God's favorite. Why? Because you're walking with Him. And the Bible says that He has pronounced a blessing over you. Amen? Look at this in verse 3. Ephesians 1.3. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bless you in the by and by. Who has blessed you. That's past tense. With every spiritual blessing if you go to Hill Country Cowboy Church. No. With, every, with some of the blessings. No, with all and every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen. The Apostle Paul is telling us God has already blessed us, past tense, with not only a few, not only some of them, but with every spiritual blessing. Can I get an amen? amen. <clears throat> Those spiritual blessings include divine health. Those spiritual blessings include divine wealth. Those spiritual blessings uh, uh, include God's peace, God's joy, God's wisdom, and God. The, uh, and a God that answers every question you'll ever have. Yeah. It covers everything and every aspect of your life. Amen? That's God's best. And He's already blessed us with everything we need to live in His best. Hallelujah. Uh, and see, I know, brother and sister, it's a process. You don't get saved and then all of a sudden God just dumps a big wheelbarrow of blessings out on you. It just don't happen that way. Amen? It's a process. And we have a part in that process. But just because it's a process doesn't mean that it isn't available to you. And, and to be totally honest with you, I've seen baby Christians just barely born again get a hold of God's Word and all of a sudden, they start confessing God's Word and believing God is at His Word. Believing what He tells them. And then you see miracles popping off in their life. Amen. And at the same time, I've seen people who are 30 and 40 years old in the Lord, and they're still struggling from week to week, day to day. 
Always, and here's why, because they're always talking about how the devil is running over them. Amen. Amen. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've tried to teach them different. And they say, well, you just don't understand. No, I do understand. Well, you just, you, you, how, how are you trying to tell me that when I've been saved longer than you are old? Because I study the Word. I don't just go to church. And when I go to church, I don't just listen to a great message and then walk out and not be a doer of it. Amen. I did that from 1984 to 1989. You know what I got? Nothing. As a matter of fact, I became the prodigal son that backslid and said, you know, this God thing, this Jesus thing don't work. And I left the church. I said, adios, good riddance. Because I'm not any better off now than I was when I started in this church. Now, was that God's fault? Nope. Absolutely not. I was not a doer of the Word. I taught the Word. I was head deacon in that church. I was a Sunday school teacher in that church. But how many of you know you can teach the Word and not do the Word? If you don't know that, I'm testifying to you right now because that's what happened to me. But God, in 1997, renewed my spirit. I came to myself and I sat down with Jesus Christ. I actually, I was on my knees before Him at the roadside park and up on the hill here in Wimberley. And I cried out to Him saying, God, why don't Your Word work? And He said, because You ain't working it. And He dealt with me on that basis. And before that uh, little session with Jesus Christ was over, I said, Lord, You show me in Your Word, in the Bible, where I'm making my mistakes. And I will guarantee You and promise You and make You this proclamation that I will do it. Well, how many of you know that He opened up His Word and He started showing me the things that He needed me to do? He first gave me Romans 12, 1 and 2. This says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer up your body a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto me. Uh, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and what is that acceptable will of God for your life. Those are the first two Scriptures He gave me. That's the first two Scriptures I've given many other Christians. I say, number one, you have to give Him your whole life. He don't want part of you. Amen. He don't want your leftovers. He don't want you living for the devil for six days and then coming into the house of God and saying you're worshiping Him on Sunday. It don't work that way. That's what He told me. And that's what I've told uh, many other person. It just don't work that way. He wants you 24-7. And again, I say that's a process. But we have to work the process. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. <clears throat> See, in God's blessings, the blessings that we were talking about in Ephesians 1.3, uh, there's divine health. That we can walk in divine health. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let me give you a drink. Praise the Lord. That's better. 
Hallelujah. <clears throat> that we can walk in divine health no matter what plague may come. No matter what new virus may come. No matter what new name they put on it. We can walk in divine health. <clears throat> and the only thing we really need to take as a preventative measure is the Word of God. He said, I sent my Word and healed them. I sent my Word and vaccinated them. Amen? That's the only vaccination I'm going to ever take. It's the Word of God. If I have to have another one, which I'm not going to have, that's my confession, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes to get by. Amen? That's all I'm going to say about that. Hallelujah. See, I've been redeemed from everything the devil has for me. I've been redeemed from the curse. I've been redeemed from the virus. Amen. That's my attitude and I'm going to stick with it. Hallelujah. God's best is that I don't get sick. That as a child of God, that I have the right and the privilege to believe for divine health. That I can walk in divine health. Are you there yet, Pastor? Absolutely not. But by faith I am. By faith I am. By my confession I am. You notice I even just canceled out by, by absolutely not? See, you gotta, you got to end your conversation about anything with a but God. Amen. I'm not there yet, but by faith I am. Amen. Hallelujah. And if I stay by and stick by my profession of faith, like the Bible says, stand fast on my profession of faith, then not only will I walk in divine health, but everything else I'm confessing in my life, I'm going to walk in those blessings as well. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. Listen to me. When you look at this, and He says God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, my God, that ought to make anyone shout. Amen. That ought to make you shout. He's blessed you already. We could say in closing. We're not going to, but we could. We need to get excited about what God's done for us. See, like Brenda said earlier this morning, she said we ought to appreciate what Jesus did for us on the cross and we need to show our appreciation by giving Him glory, by giving Him His Word back to Him and walking in what He wants us to walk in. Can I get an amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Another translation says this. It says that God has blessed you with everything that heaven has to offer. In other words, heaven has emptied itself out just for you. Woo! Glory to God. Okay, let me just put it this way. In other words, heaven has emptied itself out just for me! Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God. Preaching myself happy. See, there's no other blessings that we can believe for. That's right, 
Quit begging for for God for stuff because He's already given it to you. I quit a long time ago begging God for the money to pay my bills. And I started being biblical and I started tithing and I started thanking Him that He has met every need I have. See, there's a difference in our terminology. It's a difference in our attitude. I used to beg God. (laughs) I ain't going to tell you everything. (laughs) One of the things I'd say, Lord, do this, do that. I said, change my wife. (laughs) And I'd cry out to Him saying, and this was before 1997. This was back in that old day when I wasn't a doer of the Word. I'd say, if you just change her, I'd be happy. And I'd beg him and I'd plead with him. Finally, one day he just woke me up and he said, Quit that. Quit what? I'm praying. He said, No, you're not. You're complaining. You're complaining. Quit complaining. Quit complaining about whatever, all your woes. And start thanking me that I have sent my word and healed all your woes. Amen. Hallelujah. I've said this before. The promises of God are given to all of us. But they're not automatic. You and I must appropriate them. See, it's not enough that you come and hear me talk about the promises of God. Uh, It's what you do and what you hear. But you take it home with you. So you can't just come listen to me talk about it. You got to take it home with you. You got to meditate on it. You got to talk about it with your wife, maybe with your kids. You got to explain to them why you're doing uh, different than you did yesterday. Amen. See what you're doing is you're feeding on God's word. You're meditating on the word. You're confessing the word. You're doing everything you can to move your life forward and reaching for everything God has to offer. God isn't going to shower you with His blessings. you got to reach up for them. How many of you, when you got born again, you reached up and took the hand of Jesus? What makes you think it's changed? you got to reach up and take everything He has to offer for you. Amen. Look at this in Second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. And if I'm moving too fast for you, just, just write them down or look up on the screen. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says in verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant. Underline that. That's going to be a future message. Amen. We need to be God's bondservants. We need to learn how to serve the Lord. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. There's that grace and peace again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the what? Knowledge, Knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
Amen. As His divine power has given. Underline that. That's past tense. As His divine power has given to us, what? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. Through the knowledge of Him who called us. Underline that. You've been called. Brenda talked about that this morning. I had no idea she was going to, but she was just almost preaching my message. Who called us by glory and virtue. Notice that He said that He's already given you everything you'll ever need in life. But those things, everything, comes through the knowledge of knowing God. You can't have anything if you don't know the giver. Amen. And what belongs to you uh, comes from God, comes from knowing God, but then he says you need to exercise your faith in what belongs to you. I can say some, my, my truck belongs to me, and you can give me a key to it, but until I go out there and start that truck and drive it off, how many of you know it don't belong to me? Amen. you got to possess something. you got to take possession of it. God's Word is the same thing. You need to take possession of it. My wife says this many times, you need to read yourself into the Scriptures. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to exercise your faith in what belongs to you. And then you keep exercising your faith until how long? Until it shows up. You believe for something until it shows up. You don't change your confession. I've seen many, many people, and I don't, again, I'm not criticizing anybody because I've done this myself. They'll believe God for their healing, and then the first time they cough, they'll say, Well, I'm catching something. Guess what I just did? I just uprooted my healing. Can't be double minded. You're either believing you for your healing or you're not. Amen. You keep exercising your faith until it shows up and manifests in your life. See, you don't give up on it. You don't quit on it. You don't question God or you don't doubt God. Why? Because when you question God or you doubt God, His Word will not work. End of discussion. I could stop right there. But how many of you, I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand, but we've all, let me put it this way, we've all heard the same message. If you've been going to this church very long, you've heard the same message over and over and over and over and over and over and, and now over and over in different ways. I try to serve it up different every Sunday, but it's the same Word. You must be a doer of God's Word. Amen. Amen. And when you doubt and you have unbelief in your heart, God's work according to His Word in Mark 11, 23 and 24, it says if you believe in your heart and do not doubt, or you believe and you do not doubt in your heart, you can have what you say. Does it not say that? But it's the doubt in your heart that cancels your prayers uh, to God. Amen. But it's your positive confession that brings them back. Can I get an amen to that? See, listen to me. God is a good God. How many of you know that? He's a God who wants to bless us 
not only just uh, those here in Hill Country Cowboy Church and those watching my live stream, He wants to bless all of His children. Amen. <clears throat> Every child on this planet. But you see, He can't bless any of His children beyond their faith. Amen. He can't bless you beyond your faith. you got to be able to believe for something. Amen. So what will we believe for? What do we have faith to appropriate? You need to ask yourself that question. Didn't God say He's given us all things that pertain to God, life and godliness? Doesn't all things include His love, His joy, and His peace? Doesn't all things include healing and wholeness for our bodies and our minds? Doesn't His all things include prospering in every area of our life? Absolutely. See, if He's given us all these things and all these things are available to us, then why isn't everyone living in God's blessings? Hmm. Anybody want to answer that? Somebody say they're not a doer of the Word. Thank you. Thank you. They're not a doer of the Word. If we're not living in every blessing that God has for us, in that area, whatever area it is, we may be living in some of it, but we're not living in other parts. It's a progression. But we can only live in what we have faith for. Amen. I can't live in divine hell, total divine hell, and never take another pill as long as I hear that doctor say, you need to take these pills. And again, I'm not talking about not taking your medicine. Amen. You quit taking your medicine, you die. Don't, I don't want your kin folks coming to me and say, oh, they said you said take, quit taking your medicine. I did not say that. Amen? Hallelujah. You cannot doubt God. Because if you doubt God, His Word will not work. Amen. Hallelujah. Think about it. What caused you, or what? let me say it this way, what caused me to come to Christ in the first place? I wanted something better than I had. I was tired of being on, flat on my back. I'm not financially. Don't See, most people put a, a, a monetary value on blessing. You can make all kinds of money. Matter of fact, I was making more money when I, uh, when I uh, first came to Christ. And then after I came to Christ, uh, the devils attacked our finances. Amen. Because that's what he does. That's what his job is. But you know what I learned out of that? That no matter if I went from a six-figure income down to well below a six-figure income, that God always supplied all my needs. Amen. Hallelujah. But when I came to the Lord, I was reaching for something better. What caused you and I in our life, in our Christian walk, to go to the next level in God? It was our desire to reach for something better. Amen? How many of you this morning have a desire in your heart to reach for something better in God. Well, you got to do something different than you've done before if you want anything different from God. How many of you know that? We need to get a hold of this truth. 
if you and I are going to live in God's best, you and I will always, until the rapture or until we die, as Brother Tony Evans said, we'll always be reaching for God. We'll always be reaching for more. Amen? We'll never, I'm not going to say never, I don't believe that I will obtain everything God has for me until I see Him face to face. But His Word promises to me when I do see Him face to face, I'll be just like Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm a work in progress. But I have to keep reaching. I can't, I'm not satisfied with staying where I am today. Amen. When you start getting satisfied where you're at, you'll stop doing what it takes to move. Amen. How many of you know you haven't arrived either? I've been talking a lot about myself, but you hadn't arrived either. And there's always a lot more that each of us can live for. Hallelujah. Reaching means that we are believing God's Word and confessing God's Word on a daily basis over our life. Amen. Not just when tragedy hits. Not just when we have a need, but giving God glory all day long, every day. I woke up this morning, and He put lung, uh, breath in my lungs. Praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that when I swung over to the side of the bed, that I found the floor. Amen. And I found it with my feet. Hallelujah. The little things. The things we take for granted. God wants us to give Him glory on uh, about them. Amen? Hans and Lisa go to the coast and catch a bunch of fish. It ain't because they used the right lure. It's because God wanted to bless them. Can I get an amen, Hans? Hallelujah. I'm still waiting on that fish fry. Praise the Lord. We praise Him in the little things. Amen. <laughs> Glory. I'm not talking about walking around all day long quoting the Scriptures. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about when everyday life situations come at you or circumstances arise in your life that you speak God's Word over those circumstances. Listen. You can talk about how bad you hurt. You can talk about how much money you don't have. You can talk about how bad all your problems are. And you'll probably get a lot of your friends to agree with you. And then they'll start talking about how bad their problems are. And then y'all can start your own little plum club. Poor little old me. You can talk about how bad your things are. My question to you is, what are you going to say to change it? Because if you don't say anything to change it, it's not going to change. You see, you have to say something different to receive something different. How many of you know that? And if your desire is to reach for and live in His best, in God's best, then there must be a confession that's going to line up with what your desire is. Amen. I'm just giving you some plain old down-to-earth facts. Your confession has to line up with what you're praying for. Amen. Praise God. Preaching two people happy. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Your, your confession, let me say this, your confession will locate your faith. Your confession, what you say out of your mouth, is going to locate where you are with God. Amen. If you're always talking about your problems, guess what? God ain't in the picture. And you can bleg and plead all you want to. He's going to tell you the same thing he told me. Quit that begging and pleading and start confessing my word. Amen. I sent my word and delivered you from that. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Your confession will locate your faith. It's not through your knowledge. Listen to me. It's not your knowledge that locates your faith. It's what you're saying. It's what you say about the situation. See, Jesus didn't say, you'll have what you think. Jesus didn't say, you'll have what you know. Jesus said, you'll have what you believe in your heart and say. Amen. Write those Scriptures down. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Read them. Get them down on the inside of your heart. I said this here a while back, and I'm going to say it again because the Lord's putting it on my heart. Uh, uh, I just forgot his name. One of my mentors, I'll put it that way, said God told him one time, that, uh, and here's what God told him. He said, I've told my people in my word that they can have what they say, but they keep saying what they have. I'm broke. I can't pay my bills. Really? How long you want that to be carried on? I'm sick. I always catch the flu. I'm afraid me and my family are going to catch the coronavirus. Really? My Bible says God had given us a spirit of fear. But a power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hmm. Ooh, Glory. Anybody get anything out of this so far? How many people have had to pick their feet up off the floor at least once? You notice I've been dancing around up here? (laughs) Hallelujah. If you're watching my live stream, say, yeah, he's talking about me. Hallelujah. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. So we've been, we know that the blessings of God have already been, uh, that, they, that they already belong to us. And to be honest, many of us could probably say that we have studied those faith scriptures for many, many years. And those faith scriptures, they confirm that we do have those blessings. The question I have for all of us is how many of us are really confessing the scriptures over our life? We know the Word, but how many of us are really confessing God's Word over our body when symptoms attack? How many of us are really confessing God's Word over our finances when the need arises? How many of us are really confessing our, uh, God's Word over our families, over our wife, over our spouse, over our children to get them to line up with God's Word? How many of us are confessing, actually really confessing God's Word 
on a daily basis. We need to ask ourselves that. Part-time confession is going to be, uh, bring you part-time answers. Amen. Of course, if somebody, uh, and I know a lot of people know a lot of the Scriptures, and it'd be like somebody coming to me and say, uh, well, what's this Scripture say, man? And I could just spout them off one after another, man. I just, I'll tell you what they say. And I used to do that. You know what God told me? He said, son, that's head knowledge. You know a lot of my Word. But how much of it are you doing? You know a lot of my Word, son, but that's just head knowledge. And let me share it with you this, son, talking to me. Head knowledge is not going to get you anywhere. It's heart knowledge that moves God. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Why is that? Because until you hear, you say it. Are you hearing? Let me say that again. Until you hear, your ears pick up you saying God's Word. You can hear me confess God's Word all day long. You can hear your wife confess God's Word all day long. You can hear everybody else confess God's Word all day long. But until you hear yourself say it, and not just once, but over and over and over on a daily basis. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am of the redeemed. Amen. you got to say it on a daily basis. You know why? you got to convince yourself. God already knows who you are. You don't have to say it to convince Him. He's waiting for you to build up enough faith in your heart that when you say it, bam, it happens. Like, what is that guy's name? Emerald? Bam! <laughs> throw that spice. Boom! Throw that spice in there. And it happens. Praise God. You're the salt of the earth. Amen. Won't you bring some flavor in your life? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Head knowledge will not get us anywhere. We have to say the word. You've got to speak the Word over and over and over until you believe it in your heart. Then, and only then, will God's Word work in your life. That is an absolute, unchangeable fact. You can come hear me all day long and walk out of here and say, man, like my friend said, boy, that was a good message this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then two hours later, your wife or your husband says, what did he preach? I don't know. It's got to stick and stay. You got to get it down on the inside of your heart. And the only way, my brothers and sisters, you're going to do that is you hear me saying over and over again that you got to say it. 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 People come to me for counseling. What are you saying about it? Nothing. Well, then why are you surprised that nothing's coming? Why are you surprised when you don't get an answer when you're not saying anything over your situation? Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Amen. Everybody in here confesses the Word 24 hours a day, don't they? God, I'm glad we're not going to have an altar call for liars. I don't even confess it. You say, you got to listen to what I'm saying. Say, I said 24 hours a day. I don't confess the Word when I'm sleeping. I meditate on it. God woke me up this morning and gave me the last scripture that I'm going to give you today. 
And man, when he wakes you up and he changes your message, you got to write in a hurry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What did I say go? Ephesians 2? Ephesians 2, chapter 10. And for the sake of time, because y'all ain't listening as quick as y'all need to be, uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to just read this out of the Amplified Bible. So if you would, just look at the monitor. In Ephesians chapter 10, 2, verse 10, it says, For we, talking about you and me, are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Now watch this. That we may do, what? Those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. How many of you know that God predestined you to work? He did not predestine you to hold one of these pews down. we got little hooks on both sides that keep them on the floor and keep them together. So He don't need you just holding a pew down. He has predestined you to do His work. How many of you know that? Got one yes, sir, and that's right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> the rest of you need to read that Scripture again. That we, that we may do... Those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. Now watch this. Taking paths. Underline that. Well, you can't underline if you don't have an Amplified Bible. Make note of it. Taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. Hmm. That we should walk in them living, this is what I want to get to, living the good life. Hallelujah. Living the good life which he had prearranged and made ready for us to live. How many of you just learned that God prearranged for you to live the good life? Hallelujah. He's already prearranged it. Amen. In other words, God's blessings have already been spoken over us. God's best and good, the good life has already been prearranged for us. But us receiving God's best and living the good life is, is contingent on you and I following His path. Or following His plan. Can you see that? We have to follow His plan for our life. Now, turn over to Psalm 91. This is where I wanted to get to today. We're going to kind of park right here. This is what the Lord gave me this morning. But I want Psalm 91. That's a familiar passage to most of it. When I start reading it, you'll, you'll be, oh yeah, I remember that one. But I want to show you some things and show you what it really means to live. Not to visit, but to live in God's best. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this Scripture speaks strictly about relationship with God Himself. The word dwells in the Hebrew means to remain, to live in. Another word is abide in. Uh, we are to live in that secret place. Amen? Amen? That secret place that He's talking about there is that place where you and God are alone all by yourself. 
Amen. Your wife ain't there. Your kids ain't there. And it's where we need to dwell all day long. How many of you know God is always speaking to you? Every day, all day long, through His Holy Spirit, if you're a born-again Christian, amen, His Spirit speaks to you all day long. Amen. He'll tell you that He don't want you going to these places, and He wants you going to this place. Amen. He'll tell you He don't want you doing that or saying that, and here's what I want you to do and say. But let me share something. You've got to be on the same frequency as God. You've got to be on His wavelength. You've got to talk His language. You've got to talk His language. This is what He says. Because your voice, the voice in you, could say just anything and say it's God. But if you don't know if it is or isn't God, because you haven't read your Bible, or you've read your Bible and you really hadn't been paying attention, you've just been reading a bunch of words off of a page, just like you do any other novel, if you don't know the Word of God, the devil can come in and he'll change one little word. And he'll make you think that you're okay. That's what he tried to do with Jesus on the mount. When Jesus was caught up into the wilderness, He was tempted. Everything that we will be tempted of in this life, Jesus was tempted of. Amen. What did Jesus say? Uh, let me go to church this Sunday and then I'll get back with you. No, He said it is written. You see, Jesus started studying the Scriptures when He was 12 years old. Matter of fact, He was already studying the Scriptures and He was teaching actually the religious leaders the Scriptures. Amen. you got to know what the Word of God says. you got to be on God's frequency. <clears throat> That's relationship. That's that secret place you go with God. That's that secret place where He walks with you and talks with you. And you walk and talk with Him. The, God, the Bible says in Genesis that in the beginning, God walked in the cool of the day with Adam. How many of you know God wants to walk in the cool of the day with you? Well, not here in Central Texas. Maybe in the heat of the day. But He'll walk with you every day, all day long. And He'll talk with you every day, all day long. So there won't be any excuse for you to say, well, I fell into sin. No, you didn't. He told you not to do it, and you did it anyway. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. I don't believe there's a Christian alive that God, they, they know it was wrong, and they did it anyway. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Notice also that in this secret place that he's talking about, that you abide or live under God's shadow. You live under God's shadow. Well, how many of you know when God moves, His shadow moves? Amen? Amen. And if you're going to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, then when God moves, guess what? By shadow? No. If you want to live in God's best, when God's shadow moves and God's moved, you better move with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Man, I, did, I was jumping for joy this morning when God started giving me this. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Of course, I didn't like the fact that I was having to change a bunch of stuff up. That's okay. The Holy Ghost is good, isn't he? Hallelujah. When God moves, we have to move. So number one, if we're going to live in God's best, means we're going to have to do our part to live in close relationship with God by living out our life according to His plan. Not our plan. Amen. Verse 2. He says, I will say to the Lord. Don't say that, does it? Nobody caught that, did they? I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. Not say to the Lord, but I will say of the Lord. That's our confession. So number two, to live in God's best, we must confess Jesus and God's Word over every area of our life. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. I will say of the Lord, He is my healer. I will say of the Lord, He is my supply. I will say of the Lord, He is my joy. I will say of the Lord, He is my peace. I will say of the Lord that He is my deliverer. What are you saying of the Lord in your life. I mean, you remember the story of Peter and Jesus was there with Peter and he just got through preaching and he got his disciples together and he said this, he said, who do the people say I am? Who do the people say I am? Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're the prophet Jeremiah. He said, okay, well, who do you say I am? John, who do you say I am? Jimmy, who do you say I am? Brenda, who do you say I am? What are you saying about your Lord? Or are you saying anything at all? Preaching on your street now. Let me share something, and I said this earlier, I believe, in your life, Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you now. Pay attention. In your life, Jesus can only be what you confess Him to be. If I don't confess Him, He's my healer, He can't be my healer. He can't move on my behalf. If I don't confess He's my provider, that Scripture says He'll provide all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, means absolutely nothing if I don't confess it. Amen. Hallelujah. He can only be <clears throat> what you confess Him to be. Look at, also, look at verse 2 again. <clears throat> he says, My God, in Him I will trust. Amen. Number three, to live in God's best and to stay in God's best, we must trust in God and God alone. Matthew 6.33 says what? It says, But seek ye First, not second, not afterwards, not when you need Him, but seek ye first every day the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's right standing with Him. The only way you can be in right standing with God is to let Him live through you. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these what? Things shall be added 
to you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you put your trust, listen to what I'm saying. If you put your trust in anything other than God, Jesus, and God's Word, you disqualify yourself from living in God's best. You disqualify yourself. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, do you believe the Bible? Luke, 16, Luke chapter 16, just don't just write this down and check it. Luke chapter 16, verse 13, they may put it up there. And I'm going to paraphrase. It says, Jesus, and this is Jesus talking. He says, you can't serve two masters. Anybody remember that message? You can't serve two masters because you'll either love the one and hate the other. Didn't He say that? There it is. Or else, He will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Then watch what He says. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is this world system. Mammon is what I put my trust in for years. Now I trust only Jesus Christ and His Word. Amen. You can't serve them both. Is the Word a lie or not? It ain't a lie, is it? Turn to your neighbor and say, if you're serving, trying to serve both, you need to quit. Amen. Hallelujah. Really preaching on your street now. No, you ain't preaching on my street. I moved last week. (laughs) I keep changing locations. The last thing I want to talk to you about this morning, I thank you for your patience. Hallelujah. It describes God's divine protection over our lives. Number four, living in God's best means we have God's divine protection over every area of our life. What exactly does that mean, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 3. And I'm just going to read through these and give you what the Lord gave me. It says, Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence of the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. That's a place of safety. And His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. There's five things God do, does for those who reach to live in His best. Number one, He delivers us from the snare of the fowler. That means everything that Satan tries to come against you with, every trap uh, to get into, to fall into sin, as we call it, every trap, Jesus will deliver you from that. He'll not only deliver you from whatever thing Satan and his demons try to put on you, but He'll also deliver you from wicked men and women. Amen. He'll take people out of your life that's going to hurt your walk with Christ. Amen. Number two, He'll deliver us from the noisome pestilence. There's a lot of that going on right now. Riots everywhere. People fussing and fighting. That means He's going to deliver us from the calamity and the corruption that's in this world. Number three, He'll cover you with His feathers. Number four, He'll protect you under His wings. He'll make truth. Number five, He'll make truth or His Word a shield and a buckler. Listen to me. When something comes against you, 
you come against it with the Word of God. That's what truth is. When something attacks you, you put some truth on it. Amen? That When He says He'll cover you with His feathers or His wings, how many of you know that uh, mama chicks will protect their young with their wings when, when danger is around? But it's not only a place of protection, it's a place of comfort. That we can just snuggle in with God when things are really bothering us and we can we can just tell him how much we are loving and appreciate what he's doing for us and he just snaps us right at it and he says yeah and I'm going to do more for you amen verse 5 when we have God's divine protection look at this you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the of the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Brothers and sisters, when we live in God's best, there is no fear. There is no fear. No fear of these things or people that creep around in darkness. Amen? No fear of the fiery darts that the devil may use against us throughout our day. Now watch this. Those who reach to live in God's best don't even fear the pestilence that has and will be coming on this earth. And I'm talking about the vials and stuff that's, that's going to come on this earth. If you're here, I'm not going to be here. But anything that may come on us before the rapture, they come out with a new strain we're not to fear. Amen? We're not even to fear the pestilence that has and will come on this earth. Why? Because in verse 7, uh, he says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But, what? It shall not come near you. Is that a promise or not? Amen. Plagues don't even come down my road. Amen. That's my confession. Amen. And they sure not coming on my property. And they sure ain't going to come in my house. You know why? Because my mouth keeps them out. Amen. Look at verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of what? The wicked. How many of you know that everything's happening on this earth ain't for you? It's for the wicked. That's true. It's for the wicked. God promises in His Word. We read it in Deuteronomy. First 13 blessings are for Christians. The rest of them are for the wicked. All the curses. The curses on this earth. Amen? Can't change it. God's the only one that can change it. And He's going to change it after the millennium when He comes back and we we establish the new heaven and the new earth. Amen? Hallelujah. No evil. Verse 10. Well, let me read. I forgot verse 9. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. I mean, you made Him your dwelling place. In other words, because you continually reach to live in God's best, 
Then he says in verse 10, No evil shall befall you. Now watch this. Nor shall any plague. Everybody say any plague. No matter what name they put on it, no plague shall come near your dwelling. Hallelujah. If you believe that, say amen. Why won't they come near you? How does God provide this kind of protection for just a few? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 11, For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Now, I want to read verse 11 real quickly out of the Amplified, and I want you to see a vital truth that we need to get a hold of. And you need to remember that over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we just read that God wants us to live the good life. But He also said in that same verse, in order for us to live that good life, we must <coughs> excuse me, we must do what He tells us to. We must follow His plan. Hallelujah. See, we're, us following God's plan is where we get the angels to protect us. Amen. When we step outside of God's grace and outside of God's goodness, angels are standing there like the, the uh, what I call the Maytag repairman going. Really? How long are you going to stay over there? So you're getting bored here. Give me something to do. Give me something to protect. Open your mouth. Say something different. Amen. But see, it's following God's plan that gets us into that protection of the angels. Psalm 91, 11 in the Amplified says, For He will give His angels especial charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways. Now watch this. Of obedience and service. Everybody say obedience and service. So God's angels will accompany, defend, and preserve all of God's people who are being what? Obedient to His Word and following His plan and His purpose for their life. Amen? In closing, I know that's what you've been waiting on. Let me sum it up, what it means to live in God's best. Look at verse 16. In verse 16 in Psalm 91, he says, <clears throat> With long life, hallelujah, with long life, I will satisfy him, satisfy you, satisfy John, satisfy all the saints of God. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them what? My salvation. Hallelujah. God wants each and every one of us to have long life right now. Not in the here, you know, by and by. He wants us to have it right now on this planet. And He has made the way through sending His Son to die for you and me. He has made the way through Jesus for us to live our life in and with everything that heaven has to offer. In other words, living life in God's best is available, but you and I must choose to live there. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you for being patient with uh, me and the Holy Spirit this morning.
If you have any complaints, complain to him because I gave it to you the way he gave it to me. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody say this with me. I choose God's best. Hallelujah. You know, uh, every service we always give an opportunity for everyone to either give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ or rededicate their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the two most important things any Christian or any person can do. You know, I said earlier that going to church don't make you a Christian. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's someone, I don't know if it's in here or watching my live stream, but there's someone under the sound of my voice that went to church and then they found out like I did that church really wasn't any different from what the world looks like. And it kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. And this morning, God has talked to your heart and He wants you to know that the real church, you, you're the church. First, the place you went was just a building. The real church wants to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's you this morning and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ or you want to give your life to Him for the first time this morning, if God has been talking to you about changing your life for the better, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. God sees those hands. God even sees the hands by live stream. Praise God, He's right there in your living room or wherever you're at watching. There may be someone watching or in this building this morning that, yeah, you've given your heart to the Lord, but you're really not serving Him. And you're in and out of a sin that's got a bind on you. You lay it at the altar, you put it down, you say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. But then, because you don't follow up and read God's Word and get God's Word in your heart, you fall back into that same sin. And today, you want to make a declaration, not only to the Lord Jesus Christ, but to yourself, that you're never going to do that again. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Praise God, praise God, praise God. With every head raised and every eye opened, I want to tell you that God saw a bunch of hands. He saw some hands that didn't even get raised with their heart in their heart. They said, that's me. I was once one of those people. I didn't want to raise my hand because I thought somebody might not be doing what the pastor said and they may be looking around. And I didn't want anybody to know that I was still in sin and that I needed to change. That's the pride of life. So the first thing I had to get rid of was that. Then I was in every altar call. <laughs> Every time the pastor says something, I raise my hand. That's me. No matter what it is. I want something different. Hallelujah. All right. I know I've kept you long today. It's only a test. Tell your neighbor that. It's only a test. I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, your word says that if I believe in my heart and confess in my, with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ that I can be saved. 
I confess right now that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son, that He died for my sin, and on the third day He rose. And because He did, I can be saved. Jesus Christ, come into my heart brand new. And show me in Your Word what You would have me do. And I will do it. I confess You as my Savior. And I confess You as my Lord. Tell me something to do and I'll do it. In Your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Like my bride said, uh, don't miss Wednesday night if you can come out. Man, well, that's a good teaching by Brother Evans. The last thing I want to share with everyone is what I share every Sunday, that we serve a miracle-working God. Amen? And always know this, no matter where you are in Christ, you're always the next in line for your miracle. Can you say amen to that? You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.